0: good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news?
1: They're dead. Ah. Ah.
0: See, a United States astro-robot become a creature of death.
1: And oh.
0: We have come here to this planet for One purpose only, to acquire breeding stuff to repopulate our planet. Heel breaks the law! Shall be punished! Back to the house!
1: welcome to Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-movie podcast from class the cults and the cheese in between. The movies are B, but entertainment is grade A. And I am your host, Mr. Jason Jack And I'm joined once again by my dad, Mr. Al Giaconetti. How's it going, Jay? Today,
0: we got a really, a surprisingly, I like this movie a lot uh, after I watched it. I hadn't seen it in, in a long, long time. It's called Monster on the Campus from 1958.
1: Yeah, and we'll get to it right after this. I
0: say that if you were injected with this, you'd revert to a primitive anthropoid, physically as well as mentally. One scientist dared investigate the incredible phenomena. Our pet dog reverted to an antediluvian wolf. Look at those teeth. That dog is a throwback. Our simple dragonfly had become a winged monster of a species extinct for millions of years. Now, before your very eyes, see a man revert to a half-human anthropoid from the dawn of creation. A monster leaving behind a trail of death and destruction. It's impossible. Nobody's got a footprint like that. Arrest when I find the killer. That's not your responsibility. That belongs to the police. Madam, I know what I'm doing. Even he did not suspect the incredible truth. Neither did the police. Nor the girl coming to keep a lover's rendezvous.
1: On the campus is released December seventeenth, nineteen fifty-eight in the U.S. with a. It actually was released May first, nineteen fifty-nine in Finland. I don't know why they have that here, but they do, with a seventy-seven minute running time. Your director is Jack Arnold. Yes, that Jack Arnold. So once you see Jack Arnold, you know you're getting some science in here. Jack right. Arnold, of course, is the Incredible Shrinking Man, which we've covered. Um, tarantula, Creature from Black Lagoon. It came from outer space. Jack Arnold. Uh, when you saw his name on a movie, you knew we were going to get a movie that. Even if the the overall concept might be kind of a little out there, like a giant, you know, tarantula is kind of crazy, right? But he's going to base his movie in science, science, right? Which I think is what helps this movie a lot. Yep. Because it's not, it it's outlandish at times, but not, oh my God, outlandish, like this couldn't happen. He's literally like, well, this makes sense because this could totally happen. Um, it was written by David Duncan uh, and your uh, editor was uh, Ted uh, Kent, Universal International is your distribution company on this, um, and obviously uh, the this film, as I've mentioned previously, is part of the Sci-Fi Collection Volume One, which of course features the Monolith Monsters and uh, Incredible Shrinking Man mm-hmm. and a number of other movies we've done on this show. Um, so if you haven't, if you have that set, this is how you break this one. It's the single disc in the back. If you don't have this set, it's an outstanding set. So is Volume Two. Volume Two's got Deadly Mantis and stuff like that. Yeah. So.
0: Um, yeah. Okay, they're gonna. This is the 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 lead actor here is Arthur Franz. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's he's you'd recognize him if you've seen the Atomic Submarine and maybe one or two other movies. He was not, he was he was not uh, a a universal recurring no. actor in in their movies. The 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 lead the lead um, female is Joanna Moore, mm-hmm. very very young Joanna Moore, and she went on to be in her career you know, very well known and had some really big time uh, you know
1: parts. Uh, she also married Ryan O'Neill. Yeah, yes. So she's the mother of Tatum O'Neill. Tatum O'Neal just throwing it out there. Right. But she actually went on uh, she was in her career was especially um she was on like Alfred's An Perry Mason the Fugitive yeah. Bewitch I mean she, Andy Griffith show she did all that kind of stuff. Um unfortunately she passed away from lung cancer in ninety seven. Uh but yeah she was uh, she's very, very young here because her career was those shows are the in the sixties in and the, 70s. into the seventies. This is nineteen fifty eight. So this is probably maybe one of her. I don't know if it's her first right. film, but one of her first films. She's very young yeah. here.
0: So and again, in this movie, she's she's second build. Yeah. You also have Troy Donahue, mm-hmm. a pretty boy who couldn't act his way out of a paper bag in all the movies they put him in. He did a lot of beach movies and what have you. And then you had a a, a recurring character actor in just about every Universal movie at this time, Whit Bissell. Yeah, Whit Bissell, and, yeah. And the, the special effects were done by Clifford Stein, mm-hmm. uh, the makeup artist. This was this was the follow-on to, obviously, you know, the the classic um you know, makeup artist at universal and he did and, but he also did. We've, you've seen his name on a lot of these movies. So he was, he was well, I guess, well regarded by universal, well, but he
1: was one of universals. So universal very much was in the studio system at the right. time, which I think some people kind of forget, right? I mean, that really was the studio system. So you had the same guys working on all of the same films. I mean, he's not, he's not Jack Pierce. Well, he's not Bud Westmore or whatever, but yeah. yeah. But again,
0: if there was a mechanical thing, uh, which does happen here or whatever, he, he was pretty much it at that point.
1: Yeah. But I'm saying, but so the universal didn't, they didn't outsource things. It wasn't like, let's make a movie and let's go get this guy and get this guy. It was who was under contract, which is why a lot of the same names appear in a lot of the same movies. When you look at Jack Arnold's uh, career, there are a lot of characters, secondary characters, with Bissell is one of them. Right. Kind of, they'll appear in the same movies over and over again. And the leads might alter in and out, you know, like Richard Carlson might be a lead one time and this guy might be a lead yeah. and whatever, but the, the same, there's always that kind of filler is right. the same guys because that's what you made a career doing. And, if someone said to you, "Hey, you want to have a you know thirty-year acting career and always be acting?" Yeah, I mean these they made a living, I mean, you know kind I mean, of thing. So and they probably made a good living. Probably yeah. I mean, and they got to be in movies that we're talking about fifty years later. All right. So your uh, Donald, uh, Doctor Donald Blake, with who is Arthur Franz, um, is a scientific professor at Dunsford University and receives a delivery of a coelacant. Now, uh, for Luke, will get a laugh out of this, because coelacants were something that Bob wanted to call his, called his tag team back in the wrestling. <sighs> He's the coelacanth, right? Um, the coelacant is the Devonian fish that should have been extinct but still exists. So right off the bat, Jack Arnold's like, hey, science. Because this ties exactly to what they say in Creature of Black Lagoon, He goes, Well, we only discovered the coelacant a few years ago, and that's been extinct for it literally is real. Because people are like, Well, I don't think that's real. And if you went and looked up in an encyclopedia, a coelacant, it's it's real. And so once he hooks you with the real stuff, then he's going to kind of put the the fantastical stuff at the end. But the real stuff hooks you. And now, is that a real coelacant they kill there? No, no, that is some like giant looking fish with like saber teeth and I'd
0: I'd like to have that. And if we had it in the
1: pool, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) well it's bleeding everywhere you don't want that in the pool no 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 no.
0: (laughs) No, i'm joking i'm joking
1: so uh a student who's jimmy that's troy donahue with a pretty boy um asked blake if the fish is really millions of years old and blake replies it's a species that old no change in millions of years see the coelacanth is a living fossil immune to the forces of evolution that is exactly jack arnold right there not it's it's is it real oh it's real it not only is it real, it's really real. It's so real that evolution couldn't touch this thing. Um, so, uh, where are we here? Da-da-da-da. Uh, Blake lectures a student. Okay, so that's when we start. Oh. So this, the coelacant is in this crate right? well, it's and leaking. it's leaking. Supposed, supposed to be, well, it's supposed to be fro- uh, ice. It's frozen
0: yeah. on ice. Right. And it's being delivered by a van. Right. And when they open the door,
1: the uh, the bloody water leaks out the back, the, yeah. right? And of course, this is when Samson, the dog, <sighs> right, starts licking up the the, the bloody the water. water, right? Yeah. You know. Well, the um, thing is,
0: why the fish doesn't the fish is still. I mean, he's not cut. So wh- why is it bloody water? It just should be dirty. I don't water. know. I don't. But well, well, whatever.
1: We, we got to be willing to buy all will, the things. Oh, no, no, no. But the dog the dog does exactly
0: what a dog would do. Start licking the water. Start oh, yeah. licking the water. Right.
1: So. Um, <laughs> And then, so, then the dog go crazy. Well, the dog doesn't just go crazy. The dog turns into a saber-toothed tiger, basically. Oh, well, you took my line. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, he basically turned into, he de-evolves, right? Right. So the thing is, the dog then goes crazy. And you think like, okay, well, you know, they, they they lock the dog up and test it for rabies. Again, perfectly logical. Right. The dog ingests something. Let's see if it's rabid. Yeah, well, you go from, from
0: being a pet-friendly fr- German yeah. shepherd to this wild, nasty dog. I got to tell you. The dog, and then the dog is barking and growling. If you, when you, when you see the dog, if the dog is not a puppet, the dog is a real real German shepherd. I would growl too. If I had to have two, two fangs looking like two tiger fangs and put in my door before they took them out. It's almost like going to the dentist. Right,
1: right, right. (laughs) Um, and so the problem is, is that's not a problem, but like they said, it's, it's a real dog. And so, you know, you sometimes get like, okay, like the dogs, this, whoever trained the dog knew exactly, doing. the dog's really good. Yeah. Right. It barks when it's supposed to bark. It's, it's in the cage. It goes after the woman, which is, you know, uh, it goes, it, it chase, chase after her. It all looks good. And you buy it. And this is part of the problem is that now you're like, oh, okay. Like I'm willing to buy everything to this point. Yeah. He could be rabid. Right.
0: Well, let me tell you the truth. Joanna Moore standing by the door. And the dog yeah. runs gr- and he's growling like crazy. Yeah. And so she, it looks like she really has fear on her face. Well, she might.
1: Is a real dog? I mean, it's a, it's a big dog coming yeah. at you. It's not, it's not, this is not a, a chihuahua coming at you. This no. is a good sized German Shepherd. Um, uh, okay. So, where wait, we? So, Blake lectures his students about the evolution and de evolution, telling them that man is the only true creature that decides whether to move forward or backwards. And, unle- and I quote: "Unless we learn to control the instincts we inherit from our ape-like ancestors, the race is doomed." And that's when the dogs outside licking everything up, right? So they come out. Um, so now we're back at. Uh, um, so they bring the coelacant in, and okay, so there's a lot of water, a lot of water mm-hmm. in that thing with him, right? He cuts his hand on the on the coelacanus. on the, on the tooth, right. And then puts his hand in the water. Okay, so well, again, if I'm not on purpose, no, no, no. But if you cut your finger, what's the first thing you're going to do? You're either going to do. No, he doesn't he put did, it. He didn't put it in the water. He cuts his hand and then he's trying to move it. Yeah. And he, his hand slides well, in by accident. By accident. But what I'm saying is, but like, as I so I have to. I always have to worry about like germs and like you know right. getting a cut and stuff like that because it can kill me, right? But like as soon as I'm like, oh, he cut his hand. You probably want to get that looked at. Like I probably don't want to put it anywhere near anything dirty. Like, oh God, it's going in the water. Oh, it's in the water.
0: Yeah, oh, but you know the thing is, staff that all, infections. That whole thing is. That, what do you get when you stick your hand in somebody's mouth? Right. Right. Well, yeah. mean, he, at this point, he's like a other than well, then he's he's like a little kid at this point. Well, I shouldn't even really say little kid. He he's the, he sucks the he puts his he puts the he puts it in his mouth to suck the the the, the wound.
1: Yeah. Well. Right
0: now, again, to be perfectly honest. Even as an adult, you 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 cut your finger. The first thing you do is either stick it in your mouth, you know, to, and go to the sink and put to put water on it. But that's well. But he but he does
1: this without obviously cleaning it. that doesn't get cleaned. But then and his hand goes right into the. There's a lot of water. Lot of water, right? And they're, they're putting the sealer can away. Um, and of course now, who's there with him at this point is not is not uh, uh, Madeline Howard, who's Joanna Moore. It's um, his assistant. It's it's the assistant. Well. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean technically she's the assistant right? It's yeah. Molly, Molly Reardon his assistant, right? So um, he scratches with the teeth on the partially thought seal can and he sticks his hand in the bloody water by mistake. So Molly Reardon um, and Dr. Uh, Cole Oliver, who is with Bissell, is with Blake and they offer him a ride home so he's, he's not gonna, starting to feel sick. Yeah. Well just right? before this the thing
0: when she comes in and she sees that he's bleeding, um, oh,
1: she gets the... yeah, right. No, so,
0: but, but she she says she she says I've got a I've got first a first aid kit in, in the car. But she's also coming on to him, right? And at this point, I said, uh "Oh, we might have a uh, a lovers uh, triangle here." Uh, yeah, but then but then but, you remembered it was a no, Jack Arnold
1: movie, right? Now they're it, not going to have a lovers triangle. Twenty seven
0: minutes later, there is no.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying, but you're like, I'm saying it's, it's a Jack Arnold movie, and unless they unless somebody is green, um, and coming out of the lagoon, there's no lovers triangle happening, right? Um, so uh but what do you think so uh, she, she bandages him up she gives him a ride home um blake says he doesn't feel good and he winds up passing out in the car right now we cut to blake's home right where molly is attacked by a person who we don't know who it is yet. right we don't know who is attacking molly right Madeline shows up. Uh, and so Madeline, of course, Joanna Moore, is Blake's fiance and is actually the daughter of Dr. Uh, Grifford Howard, who is Alexander Lockwood, who is the president of the university. university. Right? Um, she arrives and she finds that the home is in torn to bits and in shambles and everything smashed apart. And she finds um, Blake moaning on the ground. Well, she calls for the police and they find Molly hanging by her hair from a tree, yeah. wide-eyed. Now, that seems kind of intense for 1958. Yes. She looks like she's being hung. Right, that's what I thought. But again, it, you, the, the
0: you know her hair gets tangled in something, almost like because she
1: he didn't
0: he didn't actually
1: hang her. No, he threw her. He threw her. Yeah. No, no, right. But I'm saying, but but <clears throat> when when you cut to that scene, oh. I mean, she's wearing okay. So and okay, so here's how it's done, folks. She's she's wearing a harness, a harness and right. she's hanging. And see, the actress is in the tree, so she's not getting actually hung by anything. But it appears that she's being hung. Yeah. So that's a actually, very disturbing thing right, And to the think.
0: police actually unravel her
1: hair. long hair. Right. But I'm saying is, but to think that like that someone killed her and then hung her to kill her yeah. is really disturbing, but it's actually not that. It just, but that's what it, it struck me is that way.
0: Yeah. What I wanted what I, what I wanted to interject here again, as we go back and we look at these movies, uh, if we have, you know, folks that are uh, as, as just not as old as you, or maybe even younger than you, this is a, a so 1950s movie. Well, when they get to the house, the house is not locked.
1: Um, oh well, yeah, no, but but it, I mean, it, every car in this movie—if you had one of those cars oh, now, that, that you'd Plymouth, be a,
0: 1957 Plymouth convertible—and then the other, she, then that—that's what the assistant drives. But what Joanna Moore drives is a Dakota, yeah. which is harder and harder to find. Yeah. And if and if you had I'm just one of those, is, and
1: if you, if you watch wow. Wincoe, for those people who watch, um whoever watched the the Meacham. Um, yeah, uh, car, car, auction. car auctions That's and stuff you find one of those restored 100 grand yeah and you're like restored with nothing original it's all restored still going for 100 grand like the cars in this movie are just I mean but there's okay, so really only three no no yeah. but I'm saying but there's the, like even, even the delivery truck he's driving um, yeah we're back we had a model to make a break for it so uh, like we were saying we were just talking about the the, uh, the cars and the delivery truck and stuff Even, even no just kind of classic stuff from the 50s uh, right there late 50s all right
0: yeah so, no, the, what what you want the other thing you have to when you watch this thing it's obvious that the effects take hold quickly but then they change in yeah. minutes uh now the dog uh is uh it was perfectly fine and he's in his cage and he's happy and he's licking and the guard goes in with the uh,
1: um with the madeline with Mademor, Ademore, yeah
0: and uh and she says, oh, don't put your hand in there. He's, he's a vicious dog. And so the guard puts his hand in, pets the dog, dogs. And he's perfectly fine. He wants out of here. Now, the thing is, the lab is locked. He wants to open it. We don't see him actually take the dog out of the cage. But he's, he says, sure, the dog, there's no no reason to keep him in. Let me, let me get him out of here. It was the old guy's idea. But then they, they quickly cut away. I mean, if you let the dog out, where's he going to go? He's just going to walk
1: around the, the lab. All right, so Detective, uh, Detective Stevens and Sergeant, Detective Sergeant Daniels, um, are, we, we obviously report to the house once they, the police are called, and they find a huge deformed handprint in the window, and Blake's tie clasp is in Molly's dead hand. Uh, they take Blake downtown where he admits that he can't remember anything after he got into Molly's car. Um, so Stevens releases Blake after concluding that someone is holding a grudge and trying to implicate Blake in Molly's murder. He assigns Daniels as Blake's bodyguard and tells uh, Blake that Molly's autopsy showed she died of fright, so she wasn't actually strangled. Uh, she was actually died of fright, which is uh, again not, not that not that that's a better thing, but like well, considering it, that they start out with basically she was strangled and hung. Well, again, you know, I guess when you die of fright, your heart bursts or whatever. Well, your um, heart even if even been sustained is, but like yeah. to but the the well, implication that she was strangled and hung from a tree. Yeah. Well, the, the the police
0: believe that. Uh, um, that Donald is the, is the killer immediately. Yeah. But then they see the handprint. Now this is, this is pretty good. They see the handprint on the uh, window or the glass there. And it's a huge, and the, the, they already have his fingerprint and they look at the fingerprint there and they don't match. So now the, the not even close, not even close. The guy so the guy goes, the guy said, well, doc, you're free. Right. I you yeah. mean, you're, you're, I don't, you're not the killer. Right. I mean, Law and Order wishes that they could get the cases closed like that, right? So uh, but, so he's free.
1: In the lab, Blake shoots a dragonfly away that lands in the seal can. Uh, later, the dragonfly returns, and now it's grown to be over two feet long. Um, and that's when you have Jimmy uh, and his girlfriend are there, um, and then Blake and Jimmy try to catch the giant uh, insect in the net, but it lands in the seal can, where Blake then stabs the dragonfly um, with, with this, the knife through the dragonfly into the seal can. Because again, really good decisions being made by uh, by Blake here okay. over and over again. but well, here's where
0: here's where like I started to get uh, a little I was really really laughing here. <clears throat> everybody uses the door that says use other door use other door yeah every I mean it's not the, there's that you can't miss that sign, but everybody uses the, the door that says use other door but the other door is always locked right right yeah, okay Then the dragonfly. They catch with this net. Well, they try to catch. But every doctor must have a huge fishing net in their in their office somewhere, and then he says, "Geez, I wanted I wanted to catch that alive," and yet he stabs it like. Oh, like well, he's it. He kills it like Jason Voorhees. Whoop!
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when they examine his body, uh, he doesn't notice that its blood is dripped into his pipe. So uh, no, so okay. So the the blade is now through the dragonfly into the coelacanth. Right. The blade is covered in coelacanth blood and dragonfly blood. He holds it over his, and his pipe is in this. It drips the blood yeah. into his pipe. Right. Just saying.
0: I mean, you could talk about if he had, if you didn't have bad luck, you'd have no, no luck, luck at, all. at all.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: But now so. the thing, one thing I want to say is the dragonfly, uh, when it's, when it's in his big state, obviously it's a toy. It's a model. It looks like the giant insect that Aurora put out yep. In, yep. in the, in the late fifties. Yep.
1: Um, where are we? He's uh, he not in his pipe. Lighting up and taking a few puffs, he immediately feels ill. So he starts smelling the tobacco. This smells off. Like he's looking, like, <laughs> why I, is this? But I can't. Quit. I can't stop smoking, so let's just keep puffing away. Um, as the dragonfly shrinks back to normal size, a large, hairy hand reaches out and squashes the insect. Then Blake's lab is thrashed, and Jimmy's visiting girlfriend is killed. The police find a huge footprint near her body and conclude the footprint and the handprint are from the same source because the chances of having two outlandishly large gentlemen uh, running around is insane. Uh, so Blake learns that the coelacanth has uh, blood plasma preserved by Gamma. Okay, so let's just slow down for a second here. So he's, still, he's trying to figure this out. So he now doesn't know that he's now trashed his own lab. He's killed this lady. He killed this other woman, right? So he now starts re- looking at the about the coelacant and he finds out that the coelacant's blood uh p- the plasma was preserved by gamma rays where well, we heard that before no, no no but you haven't heard that before because it's 1958 no 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 yes but who who reused it no no, no but, I'm, but i mean, saying
0: that's what i'm saying
1: but was- the incredible hulk gamma okay. rays caused to become okay. the hulk right It. this is different this is blood of a coelacant that you're ingesting right. completely different no but blame so, it on gamma rays well you gotta blame it on something Uh, But gamma rays, again, something that people would actually have kind of figured, like, would know what they're they're talking about. Not even they have no idea what gamma rays actually do, even though it does none of what you're asking it to do here. Um, And then if it gets in a person's bloodstream or an animal's bloodstream, it causes them to temporarily revert to a more primitive state. Uh, He realizes this, and he might have received a dose of uh, an irradiated plasma. Um, If so, then Blake thinks that he's reverting to a throwback caveman with huge hands, uh, feet and dark skin and hairy body and predominantly ridged brow. Okay, so, I don't
0: think he's. I, don't, I think, well
1: no. But this, it, he's starting oh, to put this together. Well,
0: yes, but, but before that he he winds up he winds up calling Doctor Moreau.
1: Yes, and oh Madagascar. no, right. That's what I'm, that's what I'm no,
0: saying. Doctor Moreau. Yeah, well, in, a, in Madagascar. I mean, I at I think five that,
1: at five I'm dollars sure. a minute.
0: I'm sure <laughs> that Universal threw Doctor Moreau in yeah, yeah. there, right? right? And say yeah, five dollars a minute for 88 minutes. It's a month's salary. Yeah. And so the president, the president of the uh, uh, of the college, he gets, he gets a phone call, and he, he now becomes a little bit, he says, this, he's got to take a leave of absence.
1: Yeah. So I'm saying, but he's starting to piece together that clearly the seal camp blood must have something to do with it because that's the only common thing here. Um, he decides to take a few days off at Dr. Uh, Dr. Howard's remote cabin, Blake uh, Blake is not there for rest relaxation. Of course, he's there because he plans to learn whether or not he is really the beast. He rigs the camera with a camera. Uh, he rigs the cabin with a camera on uh, trip wires to record whatever happens when he injects himself with the seal camp plasma. So he injects himself with the seal camp plasma, and the caveman wrecks the room, tripping the camera's yeah. wire, and is photographed.
0: Yeah. Now the, the the transformation process here, the very beginning of it is really good, um, but. They, it, it, you go, it goes away quickly to the shot of the hand, uh, and the full face is still not obvious yet. It is, is not there yet. Until he, they, again, even in the other and the rest of the movie, you have not seen his face. All you've seen is his hand, and now you've seen a very small transformation. Which again, as I said, is very effective. But it's not like the Wolfman, where they continue to show you the right, evolution. Right. The next scene you see is the mask.
1: Yeah. So what I what I I skipped here by accident was that um, after he wrecks the lab, he winds up killing the other cop. He does. He kills the the other cop and right. the, the kind of thing. And that's when he then go, goes away. Um, so he's caveman wrecks the uh, self wrecks the room. Trips something. He grabs an axe and leaves. Right. Right. Uh, Madeline driving to the cabin runs off the road very fast. Yeah, she's she's really humming um, on a dirt road at night. Um, and crashes when the caveman appears in her headlights. The local forest ranger arrives and calls the Dunsford police for help. The caveman carries the unconscious Madeline into the forest while the ranger's in pursuit. Now, this is the first time we've seen the caveman uh, do anything but kill somebody, uh, that he literally is stealing the girl away. Obviously, you don't want him killing his fiance. but be that as it may, that's where we're at. Madeline comes through and struggles with the beast. When she breaks free, the forest ranger shoots the caveman, but... Um, he throws the axe, killing the ranger. Uh, so,
0: he uh, That that has to be genetic, because if a caveman had an axe and he knew how to throw it, cause he, he
1: was dead on. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, he got, he got lucky. He just kind of hurled it at him. The caveman collapses. Uh, Blake, once again himself, returns to the cabin, um, develops the photo and shows it to Madeline, who does not understand, and asks why the beast is wearing Blake's clothing, and, which is the right. plaid shirt. Oh, and the other thing is, that after the...
0: When the beast goes down to get Madeline out of the car, uh, he's got the axe in his hand. He sticks it in his waist, yeah, like like any any today's you know man would do. A caveman, you know, would have either put it on the ground, put it in his mouth, or just let it down. But no, he knows he's wearing clothes. That's another thing. He knows he's wearing clothes. So is this is he is he a true Neanderthal or is he a mixture of human and human? I mean, you know. The today's human and, and and the end at all.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Lieutenant Stevens, uh, the sergeant and uh, uh, pal and the doctor arrive at the cabin. Blake tells them that he not only knows who the murderer is, but he can find him. Out in the woods he explains to Howard that what his experiment uh, provided and injects himself with the seal camp plasma. Again, he transforms to the caveman where he chases Howard, forcing the two detectives to shoot him. As the beast lays dying, he truly transforms back into Blake. Uh, and so it's very kind of classic and yeah. to other. now
0: the thing the, this is where some of the some of the the movie just gets gets a little uh, offline here the he gets shot in the shoulder and yet he is fully capable of you know doing everything up because in in the last few scenes you don't he doesn't before he gets shot to, and dies you don't even see the wound he it's almost like it's he's impervious to it yet he's when he first gets shot he almost, he almost, he faints on the ground and he gets up and his, and his, his right arm is hanging down by him, but he, they, but they let that go. Uh, and the only, this is the only time in the movie where they actually reuse a scene. He, he carries uh, uh, Madeline up the hill and lays her down next to a tree trunk and pats her hair. About a minute and a half later, when he's being chased, he, he picks her up again and plays her down in the exact same spot with the exact same scene and, and puts, and does it. I mean, it was only maybe a 10 second scene. I, I didn't understand why they needed to actually do that. Did it again. But. but whatever they did, they did. Now the reverse, uh, scene at the end, the reverse trans, uh, you know, transformation at the end, that is done well. Uh, it's because it actually goes from, and, and it's definitely a dummy that's there and they've, it doesn't have to move and they just keep shaking little bits off, little bits off, little bits off. One of the things that I, that I noticed about this movie, and again, it's a universal picture. They reuse their, the incredible man's shrinking music and all, a lot of the other uh, yeah. creature from the black the moon but not, not the actual, they used the cues from it here and there. And it's funny because I'm watching both. Well, I said, that's from that movie. That's from that movie. Well, they own
1: the rights to it. No, so I yeah. know,
0: but again, th- there's no th- to save money. They did not hire, right. uh, uh, you know. Uh, I mean, even an orchestra. They just go back and, tra- and re requeue up pieces yep. that they have. Yep. But again, that that doesn't detract from the movie at all. I, that, I mean, the ending has got to come quick. He's got to die, and he dies by by getting shot. Um, you know, he's not burned. He's not electrocuted. He's not whatever. The movie on the whole is really, really fun to watch. Yeah, I, and I said I enjoyed it a lot more than uh, than some of the other ones that uh, of this era uh, that were just. I mean, this is as far fetched as you can get. Mm-hmm. But again, because it's based in science to begin with, you wind up you wind up not suspending your 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 belief one hundred percent. But it says, okay, I understand. I understand. On the I understand thing, it. Yeah. And then you say to yourself, if this guy wasn't a stupid guy. Right, yeah, he, right, yeah. Would, the it's thing, so dumb. It might
1: have all worked. Right. So, uh, like we said, this is part of the classic sci-fi ultimate collection, which features the Incredible Shrinking Man, which you've heard here, the Mole People, which you've heard here, Tarantula, which you've heard here, and the Monolith Monsters, which is eventually coming. Um, it actually was released on Blu-ray in June of 2019. I don't own the Blu-ray. Uh, of this because it was like $27 when it came out and I didn't eventually pick this up. So, um, I don't know how available that Blu-ray is right now, but this movie is out there. If you have not, if you do not own the, uh, classic sci-fi ultimate collection that those four, excuse me, those five movies together, uh, you can usually score that for around um, 10 bucks. That is well worth yeah. it. Um, cause got some of the best movies. Uh, I mean, incredible shrinking man alone is worth more than two, double that price. The mole people, tarantula, those are all classics. So, um, yeah folks do you remember this do you remember seeing this monster on the campus with his uh the only monster I know to be wearing a plaid shirt at the end of the movie uh know, a thing it's um again it's it's a movie that i think some people it's not It's not going to be one of the ones they're going to remember well, along with Creature Block of Goon or like, you know, as the all-time classics from Universal, but it's a good solid B movie that's enjoyable. It's not boring for 77 no. minutes, that's for sure. Um, and it definitely is a different take on the werewolf tale than we would get in other movies because this is kind of a werewolf story. At, the, at its core, compared to being a mummy story or a Frankenstein story or something. Yeah, but well, wasn't
0: there one called the uh, uh, the werewolf?
1: Yeah, which is a very different take too. Which yeah. is another good one. Um, that guy's up in the in the woods though, in his suit. Uh, but it's a different. Again, it's a different take on it, and I think that's the key: is that instead of making the exact same movie over and over again, you make some different ones. All right, folks. So um, that about does it for this episode. This is our Halloween episode as we are uh, burning right through 2021 here. Uh, now, in November, folks, when uh, November the regular episode of November, you're going to hear uh, Luke and I talk about the movie Rad from 1986, the BMX bike movie. And then for Thanksgiving, Dad and I are going to do a listeners' feedback episode. So uh, Dad and I will do uh, any listener feedback we have as we get ready to record that. We will make sure we hit all of those and you know give you all credit and answer your questions uh and again remember december we have our three big coming in december like always we have a christmas movie we have our end of the year kind of craziness and our normal uh december kind of film and they'll all kind of have uh you know again they all tie into their proper themes on their Thank proper you. days so uh that about does it for monster on the campus like we say you right here folks keep those cards and letters coming and keep watching the skies this is tokyo once a city of six million people Find me under my name, Jason Jacknetty, and search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective, as well as the new hashtag, Bots, Bugs, Babes, Podcast. I'm the only one using them. I'm also on Twitter, at Jason Giaconetti, and you can visit my webpage at www.theartofhorrorcollective.wordpress.com. All movies, characters, stories, music, etc. are properties of their respective holders. This is a fan work. And any use of any property is purely for review, discussion, entertainment. So don't sue me. I ain't got anything anyway. There is no tomorrow.
0: There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Will you stop?